You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hi, brothers and sisters. Thanks for listening to another Jesus is Better, the podcast. This is Chuck Newkirk, and today we've got with us Josh Bond. Great Bond. to be here. Josh Bond. Good yeah, to see you, brother. That's right. Thank it's you. great to be here. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, some people listening might be new to you. Maybe they've heard your name, seen you masked around. Tell, right. us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I have been coming to Church on Mill since um, August. Great time to start a new church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a year to move. Yep. Um, and I've been serving here as a pastoral resident since then, awesome. um, which has been great. Um, I just graduated college back in May okay. um, from California Baptist University. Awesome. Um, so I've been living in California the past four years. Um, I'm born and raised in Arizona, though. Hmm. Um, so this is a homecoming for me. So mm. I'm back in Arizona uh, and been really enjoying life in Tempe and life at Church on Mill. Uh, since I've been back, despite uh, what a bizarre year it's been to to move, yeah. Um, so been yeah. really encouraged by um, the community here at Church on Mill, the that's, family, um, how great. I've been able to be welcomed in. That's great. Gracie and I were concerned when you were going to start about the timing and would it work, and you know, would you be a little hermit in your little hovel with uh, nowhere to uh, do anything at all, right? And, Boy, you've just jumped right in with both feet and really have respected that and appreciated that about you. Oh, so, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So there's probably a few people listening who are newer to the church or maybe even some folks not in our church that don't sure. know what 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 is a pastoral residency. What, what are you even talking about? Right. Um, yeah. So I am a seminary student, um, so I'm moving towards... Um, some sort of career in life, um, serving the church. And so a pastoral residency is sort of like um, an internship on steroids in some ways. So I'm uh, part of the church staff and um, I'm sort of here to um, shadow the elders and the staff mm. and learn from them and serve the church in a lot of different ways. But I also... Um, is a part of my seminary education, too, where Great. I'm being trained here in the context um, of the local church, learning about what church ministry is like and what it involves. And uh, part of the way that uh, Church on Mill makes that happen is um, I live um, on the church campus in the Brown House. Great. Um, so that that's the resident part, yeah. sort of. Yeah, awesome. Wonderful. So... Uh, you might think of a church like a medical student uh, goes through med school and then does a residency in some area of specialty before they actually can start practice. So right. that would be the same kind of thing that we're trying to do. So uh, brothers and sisters, you're a huge part of helping train up people who know the word and have godly character and are competent, ready to do ministry. So um, thank you for the investment you make and uh, the finances you provide are a huge part of being able to offer these houses and we're just real thankful for you. So um, Josh has hosted Psalms and Prayers on Wednesday nights, for example, and 
Um, we're recording this on uh, December the 3rd. You preached last night. On, I did. Remind on, us what you preached on. On Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Yes. It was my, great. My help comes from the Lord. Jesus is our keeper. Great. Really good stuff. Well, brother, we wanted to think with you about the topic of humility. Hmm. Do you think you are especially apt to talk about humility? <laughs> um, I'll put it like this. I'm uh, I'm humbled to be here oh, talking about that's humility. that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's always kind of weird when uh, you're asked to speak on humility in any way because it's like, well, um, yeah, is it? Is it unhumble of me to talk about humility? <laughs> yep, right? right. Yep. Exactly. It can be can feel uh, rather weird as a topic, mm-hmm. but goodness, is it an important issue in our walks with Christ mm-hmm. and our ability to love one another? Uh, so, just massively important. So, look forward to thinking with you a little bit about that. Um, yeah. What do you think humility is? Right. Um, yeah. Um, it's. I think something that we kind of classically misunderstand sometimes if we think about humility as, uh, um, you know, feeling poorly about yourself okay. or having low self-esteem. Um, and I think, um, or, or else, um, yeah, I think, uh, biblically speaking, um, I, I always want to put humility in terms of not just how you think about yourself, but how um, who, who you are before God and how that bears itself out in relationships mm. with other people. Mm, that's good. Um, so there's always kind of an action part of humility, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so the, the definition of humility I, I kind of try and work with is um, understanding and fulfilling who God has created you to be. Um, both with yourself and in, in your relationships. Hmm. That's great. Really well thought of. Um, were there any particular passages or uh, books or people that kind of helped develop that way of thinking about humility for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think um, probably a lot. Uh, the first place I think is helpful to go in the Bible um, which is always a safe move, is to just look at Jesus. Okay. Um, particularly, I'm thinking of uh, the the incarnation. Um, if we think about our, our theology of who Jesus is, he is God himself who <laughs> became a man. Um, and one of the main texts we go to is Philippians chapter 2, right? right? Uh, to, to say this is where we see that Jesus became a man. He is fully God, fully man. But the whole reason Paul brings that up in Philippians 2 is to um, encourage humility in the church, to say, uh, be humble with one another because Jesus, who is our model, modeled humility yes. in giving up his uh, kind of prerogatives and yes. privileges of being divine and becoming a human. Yeah. And so while definitions are helpful, I think there's a sense in which, you know, if you want to see humility incarnate, look at the incarnate Christ mm. um, and the way he um, understood himself, mm. the way he treated other people, um, and the way he served people. Mm. 
And so I, I think there's something really interesting about Jesus's humility there in that he's not a self-deprecating or pathetic sort of person right, right, right. Um, in life. So, so whatever we think about humility, it's not, it's not that. Um, but instead, Jesus knows who he is mm-hmm. in his life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he speaks with authority, and yet he also gets down on his hands and knees and washes, or on his knees, and washes his disciples' filthy feet. And he goes to the lowest um, of society and has dinner with yeah. them yeah. and uh, happily serves and also um, serves the Father. Mm-hmm. He in his humanity, um, demonstrates obedience to God. And so that's what, that's what the Bible says. If you want to know what humility is, that's the best example of it. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. It makes me think about, um, some of the caricatures of humility are that it's weak, Mm -hmm. it's weak, um, or, uh, passive or, you know, a shirking of responsibility. The, uh, some of those kind of pictures are not helpful at all. And, um, so Jesus, uh, is, is the supreme example of humility. And we have to be able to square that with the, the times he would confront people, um, uh, or when he'd turn over the tables and mm. outside the temple, those, those things, uh, weren't an abdication of his humility. Um, they're part of, um, responding in the right way at the right time for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wonder, um, what, what you would say to this. Um, so many things that we think of as virtues in the Christian life, like love, um, or wisdom, um, we usually think, well, well, look to God as the ultimate example of mm-hmm. that. Right. So would you say, um, humility is something we look to God for? Um, or, or how do you think of that? Because um, oftentimes we come across these verses in the Bible that almost sound kind of weird, like God saying, my glory is my own, I will not give it to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've certainly had a lot of experiences reading that and thinking like, wait, that that sounds kind of selfish. Like, mm-hmm. how, how do we think about um, authority and glory and humility? How do you, how do you put those together, would you say? Yeah. Well, my first response is it's awful arrogant of you to think you get to ask questions. <laughs> um, no, just teasing. I, 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 it's interesting that you brought that up in relationship to humility. Um, definitely, those are passages that that early on when I began seeing those, oh, those are actually in the Bible. Or, or confused by them. So, mm-hmm. um, probably the person who's helped me the most process that is John Piper. He's written a lot on that topic in ways that um, seem very, very satisfactory and helpful to me. And uh, essentially his argument is God must be devoted to himself because he's the ultimate being. Mm. So it would be inconsistent of God to, uh, and these are my words, you know, I'm not, I'm not quoting him, but Mm -hmm. Piper, but um, it's where, where his writings took me. Um, is it would be inconsistent of God to be devoted to anything less than that which is most glorious. Mm. And it happens to be he himself is most glorious. And while he doesn't give up the 
the worship of himself, he does share who he is. Right. So it's not that he's a hoarder. Um, it's that he's inviting us to be brought into that which is most glorious. So um, I think statements like that have to be put in the context of um, John 17, that we would be one even as he and the Father are one. Hmm. So it's it's a... Um, it's it's a delight that we know who God is in relationship to who we are and that we're both invited to see the distinction between God and us. So that would be the the um, the ways in which we're not like him, but all the ways that he's making us like him in Christ. And um, certainly humility would be one of those mm. in, in that we're becoming more humble as we become more like Christ. And um, uh, my favorite book on this topic on humility is written by a guy named uh, C.J. Mahaney. Hmm. And he defines humility as confidence properly placed. Mm, that's good. And um, that's shorter than your definition. Yeah. Yeah. A little little snappier. I don't know if it's... Yeah, I guess it is snappier. Does, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled by C.J. Mahaney. <laughs> yes. um, but the, the idea that we... Again, humility is not uh, weakness. Mm -hmm. Humility is strength. And so we gain more strength in the way things actually are when we get a greater sense of just how glorious God is. Right. So his, those verses actually are uplifting to us mm -hmm. because we are exalted in the right ways and brought low in the right ways. So... Um, God would be an imposter if he wasn't ultimately for himself. Right. But the way he's for himself invites more and more into who he is in himself. Hmm. That's yeah. pretty astonishing. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, so it, it's sort of like, um, you know, in the way that if, if we're acting humbly, we're understanding who and what we are mm -hmm. in God's creation. Yes. And so in the same way, um, for God to be um, anything less than glorious would be for him to not be who he is. Right, exactly. Um, that reminds me, as you were talking, um, one, of, one of the thinkers and or books that's been really helpful to me on this topic is um, a short book called The Nature of True Virtue mm -hmm. by Jonathan Edwards, mm -hmm. who's actually a, a theologian who I know was... Uh, formative for John Piper, even so, it's a similar kind of train of thought. Yeah, are you but, trying to one up me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not very humble. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a short little book. It's really dense, but it's basically pushing you to think um, when you think about virtue or humility or or any of these things, you have to put it in the context of the the full system, the mm. fullness of creation and and who god is and how he relates to that so if if you put any virtue but say humility um only in the context of how i think about myself or how i think about how i relate to like just my spouse or just my family if you cloister it off in any private sphere um you've sold it short of what true humility is mm. where true humility is um rightly relating to God and rightly relating to your neighbor That's as right. a result. 
Yeah, that's um, great. So that's great. Uh, um, it, it does work itself out in different ways in different people's lives. You mm -hmm. know, it makes me think of um, the person who uh, is the CEO of their company. Mm -hmm. um, the most humble thing they can do is get up and embrace the leadership that's been given to them. Right. And an abdication of that doesn't make them humble. Um, it's it's arrogant to not take uh, the responsibility that's been given to you. Right. So it's not it's not just who's the quietest in the room that doesn't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, maybe a slightly different direction. Sure. Uh, if we think about some of the practical outworkings of this, uh, tell us about a time you were, uh, in particular, humbled. <laughs> uh, um, I'm I'm sure. I could think of a lot. Um, I I don't know maybe what, what you would uh, say to this, but I think in my experience, I felt two different types of being humbled. Um, there, there's one, I think, in, um, in the sense of being maybe brought down a peg when I was thinking too highly of myself, mm -hmm. being prideful. Um, and there's another type of being humbled um, that I feel like is, uh, and maybe this will sound strange, but in, in the face of some of the, the most kind things people have done for me or the greatest sort of, um, compliments paid towards me or most gracious gifts, um, I felt extremely humbled. Um, so, uh, um, one example I can think of, of that second type mm -hmm. is, um, uh, even, uh, when, when I was at school at, at California Baptist University, um, when I was first looking to go there and feeling like that's where God was leading me, um, a series of, it's, it's a, a private university, right. so it's, it's not cheap uh -huh. to go there. Um, and there was a series of events that just kind of happened where, um, scholarships kind of fell into my lap, it mm. felt like, and um, I was getting a lot of affirmation from the program there that they wanted me there, and scholarships kind of came through, and the sort of thing you look back at it and you're like, man, God really flung that door open. And so, essentially, it was a lot of money I received mm -hmm. from people who don't, either didn't know me or didn't know me well. Yeah. Um, investing in my education right. and i think by god's grace my response to that was not um man i really deserve this mm. or how great am i that people are giving me this opportunity but uh the the response in my heart was like man i'm so humbled that uh people have uh entrusted me with these resources um, so I, I think there's a sort of humbling that happens, um, through the giving of grace, yes. unmerited favor. And, and I think when the spirit is working in our heart, that is the right response to that sort of, um, grace giving is to realize this is love that has been shown to me, not because I've earned it, but mm -hmm. be because somebody else has given it. And it really says something more about the giver than about yes. me, the receiver. That's great. That's great. Really, really good. You thought at a much deeper level about this than I did. Um, <laughs> if you were to ask me that question, I would have said, um, you know, every time on the playground or in gym when it was dodgeball time and you lined up and you got picked 
and I was the last one standing. Mm. I was humbled by that every time. I yeah. was always the scrawny, scrawny little unpopular kid. Sure. And so if I wasn't in detention, then I would definitely have been the last one picked for dodgeball. <laughs> and I was humbled by that. Yeah. So. No, I, I think I've definitely felt a lot of that type of humbling too. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time, you know, through high school and stuff. I, I played drums. So there's um, a lot of music performances we did. And I'm, I'm sure if you've ever experienced any type of performance, that there are a few things as humbling as that. Uh, um, and so there were a lot of times where we would perform at competitions or something and we would just put out a pathetic performance and get blown out of the water mm -hmm. by some other group that was just way better than us. Yeah. And man, that's a humbling experience yep. to watch. Uh, so, so in my case, to watch other uh, teenagers my age who could blow me out of the water playing drums and think like, man, what a what have I been doing with my time? I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, anytime, uh, I, I think the way I'm wired, anytime somebody else is really good at something, is better at me than me at something that I care a lot about, that that's my pride struggles with that a lot. And so that can be a really... Uh, humbling and humiliating type of thing for me yeah um it would help if you'd tell them you're better at me <laughs> <laughs> that would help with the humility side yeah just a little tip for you okay yeah, yeah. pro tip there <laughs> thank you for that um what what are ways we can try to cultivate humility hmm. yeah um i think uh man so i think one way that's been helpful for me to think about this, um, just in the way that God's qualities, you know, his love, his righteousness, mm -hmm. they all they all start to overlap, right? God's love is just, his justice is loving, you know, those types of ideas. Um, just in that way, um, I think the biblical virtues we try to cultivate start to overlap. So... I think as I have tried to think about humility and put that into practice, it's been helpful to build up some some neighboring ideas, okay. um, like what what is the Bible's version or definition of love and uh, justice, things like that. So what I'm getting at is, um, in particular, one idea that really helped me um, cultivating uh, humility. Um, was, um, man, I can't remember where I read this, but it was somewhere talking about the idea of righteousness, um, as the old Testament portrayed it. Okay. Um, where a lot of times righteousness does include being right before God, right? A vertical sort of righteousness, but that that bears out in a horizontal righteousness mm. because you are right with God that will bear itself out in certain ways. Um, you in, in how you relate to your neighbor um that that's the way it unfolds um so humility enters that when i start to understand who i am before god so again what kind of grace has he poured out on me hmm. it's not because i impressed him it's right. not because i did anything good to earn that love from god but I, who am so sinful 
and so small, God lavished me with such grace. Yes, yes. Now, I need to think, what does that mean for my relationships with other people? What does that mean for how I not only think about myself, but how I think about my neighbor? Mm -hmm. How much grace should I lavish on others? And so the, the kind of result of that is your emphasis in your mind starts to shift away from kind of those self-conscious angsty questions of who am I and uh, am, how do I stack up compared to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Humility becomes much less about the way you think about yourself and it more becomes the way you think about who you are to other people. Um, and so that kind of shift of focus from uh, yourself to others, right, I right. think... Um, so, so that's really to kinda, important to kind of sum up <laughs> in a clearer way, the answer make to it your snappy. question, yeah, to make yep. it snappy, <laughs> um, I think a way to cultivate humility is to let, um, the love of God shape your relationship with others. Mm. And the more you do that, I think the more your heart begins to change its shape from being inward facing and self coiled to being outward facing and overflowing into other people's lives. Mm. And so um, humility starts to come about naturally as you become less self-possessed yeah. and more um, the possession of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You did good when you made it snappy. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I struggle with uh, snappiness sometimes. Um, but I think of, again, Philippians 2, where Paul says... Um, consider others better than yourself yeah um so just the posture of your mind in what way am i obedient to the father mm -hmm. in what way am i um accordingly loving my neighbor yeah makes me think of uh the place where uh, martin Lloyd jones says you've got to um talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself mm. if you just let your mind run it's not going to be feeding you naturally thoughts right. uh, that lead to humility but if you're speaking truth to yourself and that's the regular habit of your life then eventually that does begin to stack up on itself the snowball begins rolling down the hill in which um, it's less foreign to think humble thoughts towards others right um, and to to um, discipline yourself to the life of the mind which changes the behavior and, and that kind of reminds me of C.S. Lewis's definition of humility, where he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less. Mm, that's great. Um, so talk about snappiness. Wow. He's he's up there. He's a snappy guy. He's a snappy, snooper snappy. Snooper snappy. Snoop, snoop, s snappy snooper. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, so the other side of humility, sure. if we flip the coin over, is pride. Pride. Why is pride so catastrophically destructive to the Christian? Yeah. Um, so... Or the church, if you want to think out of it corporately. Either one's fine. Right. So... You know, if we think humility is understanding and fulfilling who you are um, in relation to God and your neighbor, pride is um, misunderstanding and not fulfilling who you are before God and the church. So at the most basic level, 
pride is destructive because it's not true. Um, pride, and and so as a result, that's why, by the way, God is not prideful mm -hmm. to think he's glorious because in reality, he is glorious, right? Um, so in the same way, pride does the reverse of all that humility is supposed to do, where humility, truly construed, helps you understand who you truly are. Pride distorts who you truly are mm. in either direction, whether that's thinking you're better than you are, you're a bigger deal than you are, or it can even be an instance of pride to think that you are less right. than you are right. or to abdicate right. the roles you're supposed to fulfill. Um, so the the New Testament sort of gives this picture of the church as this dynamic kind of harmonious, uh, you know, a body uh, where the each body part plays its role mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not only fulfills what it is, but serves the other parts of the body. Mm -hmm. uh, the The hand scratches the back, as it were. So if any part of the body is in some way not understanding what it is and what it does, and if some part of the body is not fulfilling its role, not only does it fail itself, it fails the whole body. Mm -hmm. And so there can be this domino effect of things uh, not working the way mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. Um, if you've ever listened to like a symphony um, or orchestra where somebody messes up their part, it makes this horrible discord yeah. sound as it just cuts across um, the the sound. So that I think that's what what's happening when pride mm. infects the church. Mm. And so everything good that humility is supposed to do, pride does the opposite. Mm. Yeah, so true. There's a beautiful verse toward the end of Isaiah, Isaiah 66, verse mm. 2. It says, uh, this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Hmm. A beautiful passage. Yeah. So uh, pride causes a God to whom all glory, honor, recognition, and praise is due to have his attention turned away. Hmm. But humility does the opposite. Yeah. Um, it's astonishing to think about humility capturing God's gaze and he's drawn to it and his response to humility is an appropriate kind of um, lifting up mm. and pride does the opposite it right. pulls down and um, it does so either at the expense of others or at the expense of who God has created you to be yeah so it's it's just um, pride is the the gangrene of spiritual life right it it just has to be cut off or it's going to infect everything right it's just so catastrophic yeah so um if we recognize brother um in community in life in a church um oh i think that i you know especially in a church like church on mail there's a lot of young people Right. And you're trying to establish your place mm -hmm. and figure out your sense of identity and not be under mom or dad's wing anymore and mm -hmm. merge in adulthood. And um, those are complicated years. Um, so when that stuff's being worked out and you recognize, okay, there is some, there's some pride here that I haven't seen as pride, but now I recognize it. Um, 
How does that actually change? I mean, how do you begin to not live prideful? It doesn't feel like a switch hmm. that you just flip. Right. So how does that work? Based on what the New Testament says about pride is it begins with understanding who you truly are. Yes. Um, so in, in not not only your role in the church, but first who you are as a as a human being, right? You're um, you're created in yes, the image of God. Yes, you yes, have value. Yes. And yet you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Yes. You're small. On on your own, um, you are here for a few years and mm-hmm. then gone. Mm-hmm. And yet God has lavished you with his grace. Mm-hmm. God has paid at great cost to forgive you of your sins. Um, he's suffered an unjust death on the cross mm-hmm. for that. So those things should put put your mind in the context of thinking, I have value, I am called to a certain role, and yet all that I'm given by God is not earned by me, mm-hmm. it is given to me, not because of any loveliness in me, not because of any merit in me, not because I impressed or surprised God, but because the gift says more about the giver than the receiver. Yes. Um, so... We, we need a gospel-shaped approach to rooting out pride that begins with saying, who am I before God? Um, but I might, I, like I said, I might ask you, what, what things have you seen as far as like concrete steps to take um, in, first of all, identifying, well, who am I in this, uh, in the body? of the church uh-huh. where, where is my place am i a hand or an earlobe or or what you know yeah. how, how do i know my role right and then how do i start to fulfill it right especially that was a huge you know. struggle for me early sure. on um i never imagined i'd do anything that i'm doing <laughs> so it was a long 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 road to end up here and a lot of that was um i was more on the the pride that was a consumed with self, I'm not good enough kind mm-hmm. of pride as opposed to the boisterous arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a long time for me to fully participate with the Lord's better understanding of who he'd made me to be. So um, I think bottom line is, though, you just got to get involved, um, mm. serve in different areas. Um, if there's a need and you've got the time, meet it regardless of what it is. Mm. And over over time you'll discover, oh, this kind of this kind of nexus of things brings me tremendous joy as I do them. And I'm relatively good at it by God's grace. And it mm. it might take work, but it's not it doesn't feel like work. Um, that I think you're beginning to come to terms with some of how you may be gifted through through experience um i I think that's far better than handing somebody a book on spiritual gifts or something like that right just roll up your sleeves and start doing stuff and Mm. you'll you'll find experientially something that you're good at i think it's probably very very similar to the child who's beginning to pick up different sports yeah. Um, th- th- something's going to emerge or they're going to find I'm not good at any of them. I'm Maybe I'm an artist. Um, mm-hmm. How do you know that? Well, you know that by experience and then by what other people help point out to you um, that you may not recognize. Oh, that was 
that was beneficial. Thank you. Um, so listening thoughtfully to others is certainly part of that. And um, being patient with yourself and, you know, God, we want, um, we want everything uh, immediately. We mm. stand at the microwave impatiently. <laughs> but God's growing um, oak trees, uh, right. and those take time. Mm-hmm. So roll up your sleeves, get involved, and the Lord will take care of it. Right. And isn't that part of just rejecting pride and cultivating humility is that sense of, um, you know, I don't have to have everything figured out by the time I'm 30. Hmm. This is, it's okay. God will grow me at his pace. Hmm. My job is to put myself in the stream where the river is flowing, bringing more and more nutrients that I need to grow up. God determines the, the growth and the scope of what he's going to do with my life. And, you know, Romans even says that God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And he says that in the context of spiritual gifts. And so I think what that passage is talking about is, it's Romans 12, that uh, the Lord in his sovereignty has just determined some people are going to be more fruitful than other people. Hmm. And it has to do with how much faith he's given them. So they didn't earn it. They didn't mm-hmm. attain it. It's no no reason to be prideful. Um, so we want to be fruitful to the maximum as God has so foreordained for each of us, hmm. which means we can just take a dadgum deep breath. It's okay. <laughs> and get involved, and the Lord's good blessings will come from it. He's awfully good at this. So you're saying that, uh, you know, I'm I'm 22 years old. It's okay that I don't have every minute detail of my life figured out. I am out. saying that. Oh, well. That's... But I wasn't directly saying that to you. <laughs> yeah. But yes. No, that, that's, that's great news. Yeah. That, that is very helpful. There's, there's such pressure that is mm-hmm. unnecessary. Yeah. And I don't think in the end is actually godly. Yeah. As, as you were talking about that, that reminded me, you know, you, you talked about figuring out your spiritual gifts and beginning mm-hmm. to use those. I think a humbling part of church life too that that um i've experienced at least is looking and seeing others using their spiritual gifts on on the one hand knowing that um you know first corinthians says those gifts are there to build up the church so right. be encouraged by them right, right but even the fact that people have gifts that i don't have um if i understand who i am before god and understand those gifts are given to them graciously. My gifts are given to me graciously. The fact that I'm not good at something you're good at or somebody else is good at shouldn't be something to make me feel embarrassed or ashamed. (laughs) Um, It should be something to make me feel grateful that, man, I'm so glad God has given that person the ability to do that. Amen. Um, And how encouraged can I be that I can learn from this this brother who's great at evangelism Amen. when I am not, or I can learn from this sister who's so gifted at hospitality right. when that's not my gift. Right. And to think again, that puts in a new context the gifts that I have because uh, you know if I'm good at one gift, um, that's not a way for me to impress people in the church. Mm-hmm. That's not a way for me to earn love in the church. It's a way for me to give love in the church. It's a way for me to build up brothers and sisters right. in the way that they build me Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Um, and so, again, part of cultivating humility is just, 
kind of recontextualizing the motivations behind mm-hmm. some of those things. Absolutely. We don't we don't exercise gifts to earn love in right. the church. We exercise gifts because we love mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you imagine your liver saying, gosh, I wish I could breathe like that, those lungs. Those lungs are just so pretty and they get all the attention. Uh, uh, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. And yet how often in pride do we do that kind of thing? Yeah. So I think I'd be pretty alarmed if my liver said anything to me, though. Well, maybe you that's one of those things. You're just 22. Right. Give it time. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Brother, this has been a lot of fun. Thank it's you so great. much for giving some time to help us think about humility. Um, on the For the outtake here. Sure. So you're a drummer. Yes. Would you give us a little drum beat of any kind you like? And we will exit with that. Uh, <laughs> I'll give us a little drum roll out. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.